Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Would you welcome our online church family? Thank you for joining us. You guys can grab a seat. Wow, we've had a great morning so far, and I'm just so glad that you guys are here as well. Uh, Pastor Tim and Alicia, they greet you. Uh, They've had an opportunity to to spend time together as a family. They're actually in California. Uh, Alicia just finished running another half marathon, and so Pastor Tim went to support her. Yeah, can we celebrate Alicia? That's awesome. So uh, if, you, if you see her make any posts on social media, make sure you blow that up, uh, celebrate her, and um, we're really proud of that accomplishment. And they had a chance to go with a couple of their kids as well. So Josh is there, Elise, her husband Chris. And so they're getting some great family time, and we really encourage that. Family is important, and uh, we're just glad that our pastor had a chance to do that. Uh, I'm here, and I'm honored to be able to share with you guys. Uh, we've got a great morning ahead of us. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And so I'm just, I'm privileged to be able to share my heart with you and the fill-in for Pastor Tim. And so I'm just excited about what God is going to be doing with us this morning, uh, or this afternoon. It's after 12, so here we are in the afternoon. Um, I, I believe this, this message that I have on my heart for you guys is very timely. Uh, very timely with where we even are as a nation, with the general election just taking place here this past Tuesday. Uh, just being real, there's some people after the election that are hurt. There's some people that are are celebrating. There's some people that are confused and even a little nervous. And there's all different things that are kind of going on, and we're seeing that all through media and different things, even in your neighborhood. Um, but I appreciate what President Obama said uh, these last couple days, a couple days ago. He said, uh, we're not Democrats first. We're not Republicans first. We are Americans first. And I believe that we are Americans first. And as one of your pastors, I want to take that even a step further And yes, we are Americans, but even greater than that, God called us, and we are his children, and we are Christians first. And we are Christians first, and I I believe that, and I believe that's that's true for our country. And I know this, that God is still on the throne. His mercies are new every morning. His promises are sure. And that God has us here for today. God has us here in our country today to bridge the gap of division, to share God's love with people, uh, to share God's hope his peace, and to serve those around us. That is what God has us here to do. And so we're going to take some time this morning talking about our heart of serving others around us. And uh, I'm glad to be part of a church that serves. Uh, We just saw, I mean, I could watch that Serve Week video all day long, man. Uh, People just getting in and serving and being part of our community. And really all week, things have been happening through families and small groups. Uh, People have been going and helping at Habitat for Humanity. Uh, You guys all showed up today with bags and put them by your bumpers. And all that food's going to go to Interfaith and Brothers Keeper and other local areas. That's awesome. Uh, People have been bringing food to, to fire departments. And we had a chance yesterday to go to Dr. N.H. Jones and Donnellan Middle School, Interfaith, Boys and Girls Club. And, man, you guys showed up in style, hundreds of people, thousands of hours that were donated this week. So I just want to say thank you for being a church that serves. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for doing that. Uh, But let's go ahead and jump into today's message. And we're going to start things off with Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives in Christ Jesus. How many guys are thankful for a new life in Christ Jesus? 
And long ages ago, he planned, he planned that we should spend these lives helping others. He planned long ago for us to be here to help others. In the New King James Version, it says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works. So what that tells me, and I think what's that, what that tells us this morning, is that we are on this earth not to just consume resources, not just to eat and breathe, although those things are important. We are here on this earth for today to make a difference in our world. We are here to, to encourage a difference being made. God designed us to be a difference, to make a difference in our community and in our world around us. And so I titled this message this morning or today, and it's, it's your move. It's your move. And I really want to make it a little bit more personal and say, it's my move. Can you say that with me? It's my move. It's my move. We have the, the important step and, and challenge to move and to do what it is that God wants us to do. Uh, let's check out Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, it says this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but what did he do? He came to serve. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve. The Son of God left heaven, came to this earth, humbled himself, came to this earth, and his job was not to be served, but to serve. And that is the standard, that is the example that he has given for us to do, to serve, to serve. Uh, I looked up this word serve in the Greek, uh, and it says, it it means this, dinakono, and it's uh, actively serve. It literally means this, kicking up dust because you're on the move. To kick up dust because you're on the move. It also has this idea of caring for the needs of others as the Lord guides in an active, practical way. Ways to put someone's need above your own. Put someone's need above your own. I love that idea of kicking up dust. And it, it, we live here in, in horse country, and if you've ever seen a horse out in the field or on a track, man, when that horse is running, man, there's like a dust trail behind that horse. You can see movement in that, in that dust, in that ground that's taking place. And that's the idea that it has for us, not to just stand still and do nothing, but to kick up dust, to be on the move, doing what God wants us to do. And um, I have to say this, that sometimes serving others doesn't always come naturally. It doesn't always come naturally. How many of you guys remember when you were born? Probably not, probably not. But you know when a child's born, uh, when my kids were born, they didn't arrive on this earth and say, Dad, how can I serve you today? That would be nice. That didn't happen. What did the baby do? The ba- baby, it was all about the baby. It was all about me. It wasn't about anything else but the baby. And that doesn't come naturally. Service sometimes doesn't come naturally. It's something that we have to develop. It's something we have to condition ourselves to kind of change the concept of serving others. And if we could be honest, sometimes even our culture has a, a concept of not maybe service, but really the concept can happen sometimes of serve us, that it's about us. Or if we even dig into a little bit deeper and realize that maybe a little bit more personally, it's serve me. So how can I be served? How can we be served? But really what God wants us to do is to have even a different concept, that we would serve others. So it's not about serve us. It's not about even serve me. It's finding out how we can serve others. 
And I think it's important for us to understand that God is not asking us to kind of add another thing to our plate. He's not asking us to just uh, add another thing to our task list that you can check off. Uh, even this week at Serve Week, hey, that, it was awesome. One of the biggest weeks that we have through the year to serve our community. I love how God kind of orchestrated it to be right during this election week where we can go out and serve our community and share God's love. But it's not about now we're done. We put in our time. We brought a bag of groceries, so I'm good for another year. No, I really believe it's, it's about a lifestyle. It's about living a life of service. It's about serving God and serving others around us just in an unconditional way. And it's not about a checklist list. It's about fulfilling the purpose and the plan that God has placed upon our lives. We're here to serve others. We're here to help others. We're here to uh, do good works. That's why we're here. So it's not about a checklist. It's about actually fulfilling God's calling and God's purpose Upon our lives. Amen. Amen. So this idea of, of fulfilling that purpose, to fulfill something, to, to be fulfilled. How many guys love it and you feel fulfilled when your team wins? Right? Anybody's team won yesterday? Anybody's team won? All right. Very good. How many of you guys feel fulfilled after you've eaten a, a nice meal? Like, man, you just had a great meal, and you're like, man, that just feels good. Like, you can just take a nap, you're done. How many of you guys are hungry right now? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. You have that sense of fulfillment, that, that sense of joy, that sense of happiness, that sense of, hey, everything's good. But you know what? When we serve, when we put God first, when we serve others above serving ourselves, when we help others around us, we get that sense of fulfillment. We get that sense of joy. There is joy in serving. Even in Acts chapter 20, it says that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's in the Bible, folks. God's it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And Christmas season's coming up, and I love during that season where we get to maybe bless people with time or a gift. And uh, I love being able to, to bless my kids and to see their reaction on their face and just that thankfulness. And uh, I love being able to do that. And this week, man, with, with Serve Week, it was just powerful. And it was so cool seeing just the joy on people's faces that got to serve and the happiness that they experienced. And uh, I, my daughter, Ella, she's just turned 11 a couple months ago, and we were together, we were serving at uh, Dr. N.H. Jones, and she just was all in, man. She was like, what can I do? Like, how can I help? And she got cleaning supplies, and she started going around through all the windows of the elementary school. How many of you guys know at an elementary school, there is a bunch of fingerprints and who knows what else on those windows. And so she went around, and she just cleaned them all. Man, it looks so good, and she worked really hard. And when we were done on the way home, I was just kind of chatting with her about it, and what that meant to her. And I asked her, I said, Ella, so what did you love best about serving today? And she just kind of thought for a minute and she kind of looked over at me and said, Dad, I, just, I love knowing that what I did today is going to put a smile on someone's face. It's going to put a smile on someone's face. And I can just imagine Monday morning as these kids and the parents and the teachers show up on these different sites, the things that were done, and they show up and they see everything changed, everything painted. Uh, they, they see that things were, were, were uh, put in with love and landscaping and uh, the teachers looking at the windows and they can actually see the reflection in them. And, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And I can just imagine the, the joy and the smiles are going to be put on people's faces because a heart to serve and a heart to serve Others. It's about serving others around us. It's about putting God first and letting God shine through us. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you real quick about this idea of having a circle of influence. 
A circle of influence. Every single one of us have a circle of influence in our lives. And there's these three parts of this circle. It's people, place or places, and our passions. People, place, and passions. We all are connected in some realm here. And the first one I want to talk about is the people. And this kind of has the idea of the people that are closest to us. Whether that's a family member, um, close family, or extended family, or even uh, people that you would con- contact with as friends. Uh, that's, that's the close-knit. That's, that's kind of where it happens. And these people that are in our lives are not just there for a reason. They're there for us, and we're there for them. And I believe in this, in this spot, the people that we're around, in your families, uh, with your friends, I believe that we are to be in their lives and to think and live our lives intentionally to help continue to make their lives better and for them to make our lives better. And so we need to live and, and have an attitude of being intentional with our family and friends. And we teach here that wherever you are, to be all there. So if you're at home, man, I just encourage you, and your, your kids are there, your spouse is there, man, just to be all there, just to be involved and, and maybe put away some things that are distracting you from, from being all there. And, and, and when we're in those environments, man, it's not just letting time go by, but how can I invest into this part, part of my circle of influence with the people that God has placed me with? So one of the parts is the people. The next part is place or places, some places that we would go, school. Your neighborhood, people that surround you in your neighborhood, sports teams that you're on, restaurants that you frequent, businesses that you shop at. Uh, Another big place that has grown over the last 8 to 10 years is social media, that we have that place on social media, those people that you maybe would be connected with, uh, those people that like your post and uh, share your post or comment on your post. You have a place on social media to not bring division, but you have a place to bring hope to people. You have a place to bring God's love to people, to encourage people. Use that platform, that place, to be that kind of encouragement to people around you through social media. The other place that we have is our work. Work. Place that we would go and spend a lot of time. I like what Rick Warren says. He says, your vocation is your ministry location. Your vocation, it's your ministry location. Hey, listen, we're all in ministry. We, we're called to ministry. We're called to serve others around us. And your vocation is your ministry location. And so I think sometimes we have to change our mindset of thinking that our vocation maybe is going to fulfill us, which really sometimes it doesn't. And we'll, we'll talk about our passion here in a second. But we have to change our mindset of thinking that our, our vocation is going to fulfill us. And we have to change it and say, God, how could you use me today at my work? How could you use me today to be an encouragement to those around us? Let that be my ministry location. And, and we got to prep ourselves a little bit because we all know that sometimes there's that one coworker. (laughs) maybe not you guys probably the second service probably second service but there's that coworker or the issue uh with this account or that thing that's going on and all this kind of stuff or this this drama and we need to change our mindset sometimes that even as we get ready and even as we're getting into the car and as we're showing up to the property, that we begin to change the mindset of, I'm just coming here to get a paycheck. I'm just coming here to, to earn so I can pay bills. But no, I'm coming here because this is my ministry location. God's called me to this place. God uh, has me at this place. And I'm going to be used by God to help others around me, to encourage others around me. And I'm not just showing up, but I'm showing God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So our vocation is our ministry location. And you can apply that to wherever you are. If you're retired, then, you know, there's other different environments. And so you kind of get the idea. The the third thing is our passion. Our passion. Our passion 
They lead us to places that lead us to people. See, God's placed passions on the inside of you. Whether it's a hobby or desire, uh, whether it's running or whether it's reading, God has placed passions on the inside of you to do something. And wherever your passion leads you, man, that's, that's bringing you to a group of people. That's why I love small groups here at, at the church because all of our small groups are, are wrapped around your passion. And so people come to us all the time and say, hey, uh, I'm looking to, to start a small group. And we ask them this question, what are you passionate about? Let's just turn your passion into a small group. Let's put you around people that have the same like passion. And then let's, let's have you encourage each other and be part of each other's lives. And so that's why we, we operate small groups. We have all different kinds of groups that make that happen, from care groups to Bible study, men's, women's groups, activity groups. We have a spot for you. And that's why we love small groups so much. The other, the other part, even here at a ministry, that, that helps people fulfill their passion and to serve even within the church is our dream team. Man, we have one of the best dream teams in the world, I believe. And uh, they go out and they serve in the parking lot, the tech team, worship team, uh, kids area, uh, all throughout with ushers and greeters. Man, our dream team, they, they jump all in. And I would say that to you and I would bring up small groups and I would bring up dream team because you have, you have to get to a place of fulfillment. And, I, and sometimes you don't find that fulfillment in your vocation, in your work environment. But you can find that fulfillment serving God, being around other Christians that are, that are going after the same things, serving the community, getting uh, involved and helping those around you. That's where a true fulfillment can come if you're not finding it in other places, not finding it in other places. Here's the idea around this circle of influence with people, place, and our passions. God didn't call us to do everything. He didn't. He didn't even call us to love the whole world. He called you to love your world. He called you to love your circle of influence. But, here, but here's the thing. If you love your circle of influence, the people, the places, and the passions, and I love my circle of influence, then church, listen, then we love the world. Then we can come together. See, your circle of influence is going to be different than my circle of influence. But if we can come together and be the church and, and be who God's called us to be, then we can effectively love and share and serve the world around us. It's time to move. God wants to use us. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. It's my move. Say that with me. It's my move. It's my move. It's my move. Why is this important? Well, you see it. We all see it. There's people all throughout, even our circle of influence, even beyond our own circle of influence, but there's people that are hurting. There's people that are broken. They're lost. They're alone. They're at the end of the rope. They're confused. They're uneasy, and we can go on and on and on. But we have to be intentional with what this look, looks like and realize that God wants to use us to help those around us. Let's jump into Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read here in verse 3. There's a couple of verses, but just kind of hang in here with me. It says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Now let's hang on to that word. We're going to see that again. Value others above yourself. Put them above who you are. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, here it kind of boils down for us, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In our relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, rather 
He made himself nothing by taking up the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled, again, we see that word, himself by being completely obedient to death, even the death of the cross. That's powerful, man. There's so much in that. I encourage you to even further study that when you get home today. But I want to jump back to that word. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In our circle of influence, have the same mindset, the same thought process. Set your mind on what Jesus set his mind on. And we see the, the, the idea even through the mind, even as we grow in our, our walk with God, the Bible says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So our minds should continue to be changing, and we need to pick up the mindset of Jesus Christ. What is the mindset of Jesus Christ? We see it here in verse 8. He said, but he humbled himself in obedience to God. Jesus humbled himself to obedience with God. And the honest idea with all of this is that reality, humbling our, ourselves in obedience to God, is not always easy. Again, it's a learned. We have to continue to transform our mind. We have to change some things. We have to change from the serve us, serve me, to serve others around us. And we see uh, Jesus setting this beautiful example for us in John chapter 13. Jesus is with his disciples, uh, getting ready. The next day, he's to be crucified. And he's with his disciples, and they go to the, towards the upper room where they're going to have the Last Supper, and everything's on course, except when they get there, there's no one there to do one of the customs of the day. And the custom of the day was if you were walking through these roads, and they were full of dust, and you had sandals on, that there would be somebody there to stop, wash your feet, and prepare you for the meal. And there was no one there to do that. And I could just imagine, I could picture the disciples kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, what's going on? Like, there's nobody here. Like, there's nobody here for Jesus. There's nobody here for me. What's going to happen? What are we going to do in this situation? What's going to happen? And I see a reaction from Jesus. Not like, I guess, I don't know. I guess we're just going to give up, you know. No, you know what Jesus does? He doesn't hesitate. He jumps right in. And, and he uh, removes his outer robe. He picks up a, a towel and a basin of water, and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples without hesitation, without wondering what was going on. And, and I believe that he jumped in with, with action because it was his mindset already. His mindset already was to humble himself and be obedient to God. His mindset already was already conditioned to know what God's called him to do. Uh, he had the knowledge, he had the security in who he was, that he was the son of God, that God sent him to this earth to be the ransom for many. It wasn't that he was trying to find out what his calling was. He knew what his calling was. He was purposed in his heart. He, he knew what, what had to be fulfilled, and there was no wondering what was going on like the disciples. The disciples were in the very opposite extreme. They were full of insecurity. They were full of, I'm not sure what's going on. There was so much happening. There were so many questions that were going on even, even before this moment of what was going to happen to Jesus. And they were all in disarray. And if you look at this passage, you'll find that the disciples didn't say, as Jesus began to wash their feet, the disciples didn't say, Jesus, I'll do it. The disciples said, Jesus, don't do it. They didn't say, Jesus, I'll do it. They just said, Jesus, don't do it. And I think Jesus is telling us and wanting us to say, instead of stop and saying, don't do it, 
I think Jesus is wanting us to say, hey, I'll do it. What needs to be done? What needs to be done to fulfill the purpose in my, in my circle of influence around me? God, what needs to be done if, that I need to share your love or, or share hope or peace or encouragement to those around me? Or God, maybe I just need to listen. And maybe I just need to invest time and be all there where I need to be. We need to do it. We need to do it. I think sometimes the problem that we run into is not that we think too highly of ourselves. I think sometimes the problem is that we don't think highly enough. Highly enough. Sometimes we don't think highly enough. Sometimes we don't think that you, that me, that us, that we are and, and are created in the image and likeness of God. That we are a masterpiece that God created. That we are the handiwork of our God. See, Jesus knew already he was the son of God. He is the son of God. He was confident in that. And I think sometimes we need to think a little bit more highly of ourselves to realize, you know what? No, I am a child of God. I am a Christian. I am called to serve. I am called to love. I am called to share. God called me. God called you. It's our move. God's called us to do this. He called, he called us to serve. He's called us to love. So I think we need to think a little bit more highly of ourselves. And when we do that, then I think we're a little bit more quick to act. Instead of wondering, we just do. Amen? So let me give you guys a couple practical things to do, some serving ideas. This list can go on and on, but just to make, hopefully trigger your mind a little bit and uh, encourage you in this way. Here's some ideas to, uh, to serve others. To send a care package. To smile at somebody. Did you know smiles are contagious? When you smile, you, you share that joy with somebody. Deliver food to somebody in need. Visit a, ho- visit a friend in the hospital. Be kind to others with your words and with your actions. Don't return evil for evil. Send an encouraging card to a grandchild or a child. Offer to watch someone's kids. Just make sure you pray first about that. Watching. Make sure it's God. I'm just joking. Help other people shine. Help other people to be lifted up. Celebrate other people, man. When you see someone doing something great, man, it's a high-five kind of moment. Help other people shine. Use your words to help and not hurt. Listen, active listen. Pay attention when someone's talking and not interrupting. Thank somebody. Pay it forward. You know, you're going through a drive-thru. Pay, pay for someone's meal. Buy someone's coffee. Serve in, the, in your life roles. We all have roles that we're in. As a parent or a spouse a friend, a coach, an employee or employer. Serve others in your life role. Serve others in your circle of influence. And then lastly is look for opportunities. Be on the search. Have your eyes up. Don't have your eyes so much just focused on your needs, about the me or the us. Let's focus and let's look out. God, what what is it that you want me to do to serve others around me, to help others in my circle of influence. How can I do that? Let me read to you this last passage of Scripture as we get ready to close. It's in Micah chapter 6 in verse 8. In the message paraphrase, it says this. But he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. 
not yourself. It's not about you. It's about God. And I love how it says, do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. I think if we do that, God is pleased and God is glorified. Church family, it's your move. It's your turn. It's a call to action. A couple weeks ago, uh, myself and my kids, we were sitting on the floor. It was actually, I think it was kind of around the uh, Hurricane Matthew time. I think they, they scored a couple days out of school. and uh, So we were at home and we're sitting on the floor and we got a new game and we're, we're gathered around and we're, we're playing this game and we're all taking turns and <clears throat> we're all in it, man. It's like a great, it was a great game. And so we're all there and about halfway through, uh, we all started getting distracted. So I think the dog came up and like ran into the game and then the phone was ringing and then something was on TV. And before we knew it, like none of us were really paying attention and we caught ourselves getting distracted. And, and we had to encourage each other to say, hey, hey, dad, it's your turn. Hey, hey, Ella, it, it's your move. Come on, Brayden, it's your turn to go. And we were all getting distracted, and, and we were kind of losing that interest in the game, and we had to keep telling ourselves, hey, it's your turn. Hey, it's your move. Let's go. Let's do something. And, and I think God was showing me this, that sometimes in our lives we get distracted, and we get caught up just in our world, in what Sean has to do or what you have to do. And I, I want this just to be a challenge for us. And again, we have a church that serves. I mean, it's a reflection. This week, God did some big things. You guys show up and you serve. And, and I know we have a church like that, but this is just an encouragement because I'm challenging myself that maybe we put our distractions aside. And I just want to lean in. And I just want to tell you, church, that it's, it's your move. It's your turn. It's Meadowbrook's turn to share God's love in our community and beyond. God's got some big things that he wants us to do. God has some big things in this ministry, outside this ministry, in your circle of influence. And I believe that if we share God's love and we serve others in your circle of influence, and I serve in mine, then we will serve the world and we will share God's love with so many people that it would just be a blessing to every single person that comes in contact. I really believe that. I really believe that. I believe this. That we need to love like Jesus, serve like Jesus, care like Jesus, and we need to be like Jesus. It's time to kick up some dust a little bit and to move, be intentional with our circle of influence, and realize this, that I was saved to serve. We were saved to serve. Amen? Did you guys get anything out of this this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.